You can go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Last week we started on something I, I put out the podcast and I just called it um, Walking in the Spirit intro because I was kind of introducing a topic that was on my heart and I had a lot on my heart. Today I want to dive in a little further, but we talked last week about your spirit versus your flesh. The Bible says that your spirit is at war, at enmity with your flesh. You're, 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 in other words, the real you, your spirit, is, is battling with what your flesh wants to do. If you don't know, the Bible's pretty clear that you are a spirit. Just point to yourself and say, I'm a spirit. That's who you are. That's the real you. You are a spirit. You live in a body. So that's your flesh. And that's what the two that are going against each other, so to speak. Your flesh wants to do things. Before you got saved, before you made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, if you liked to do certain things or had certain tendencies, you probably still had those, unless there was some miracle that was manufactured in your body, you probably still had those tendencies or liked those things afterwards. If, if you were white like me, I'm pasty white too. You know, I was still pasty white after I got saved. My hair didn't change. I was just as good looking though afterwards as I was before. That part didn't change. No, but I'm just saying, you're, 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 when you got saved, your spirit is what was changed. Point yourself and say, my spirit changed. Your spirit changed. The real you, the real inside of you, your spirit is what, what the Bible says it actually was made new. She could preach with me. It's all good. I saw you. all like, oh, shh. Say it. Say amen. There's a little girl, a little girl, right? Say, uh, so I got, I have two little girls. And uh, when we first started the church, we would have them in, in the service with us a lot. And, um, and uh, they would do that. And it was like the louder I preached, the louder they would preach. Josh did that a few weeks ago. I have a, uh, he is 11 months old now. And, uh, and he would do that. It was like as soon as he started making noises, and he would just, if I started preaching loud, when you got saved, you're today about what that means and what I mean when I say that, but just kind of hear my stories as I help kind of set this up. You know, when, when we step through each of these seasons, you know, it's like, okay, the doors are shut. Doors are open. We don't know what's happening next. I mean, it was changing daily, sometimes hourly. I mean, one day you'd start and they'd say, oh, it's looking great. And then the next day, or excuse me, later in the day, they'd say something different. You know, you can't walk by what you see. You have to walk by faith. And so we, we had to, to, to learn to walk in the Spirit. But let me give you some other stories. When, uh, when, when, uh, when I got engaged to my wife, you know, when we got engaged, there was a, a season there of walking the Spirit, figuring out when are we going to get married? You know, the timing of things is super important. Say amen. The timing of things is super important. When are we going to get married? That was a walk. We had to walk in the Spirit, walk that out. How are we going to do that? When is it going to happen? I want it to be God's will and God's plan for our life. And so we walked that out. Um, we we uh, Starting this church... How did we start the church? You know, there were years, maybe five, five, six years ago even, I knew that I was called a pastor and knew that I wanted to start a church. Well, when you go to, when you, when you, you know, when you do that, when you feel called to do that, you start looking and thinking and praying, well, God, where are you calling me to? And so I started doing that. I started praying that out and saying, God, where are you calling me to? What, what is, where are you coming to? Then I got married. And so then my wife and I started doing that. We would go and we'd visit cities. We'd take our vacation and go and visit places and just go and check them out. And the whole time I had Columbia in my heart. What would happen is, is we'd come over here and shop. So we lived in Florence an hour away and we'd come over here and shop or my wife would shop. 
I would go get Starbucks or go get a coffee or whatever. I'd hang out. But I would get to talking to people, people from Fort Jackson, from the Air Force Base or whatever. And I would, I would just start talking to these people. And I just felt like, man, this is such a great people. My wife's from D.C., so she's used to the big city. I grew up born and raised in Florence, but I went to Clemson and I got a kind of a taste of, 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 of a bigger world. So this is kind of really fits me. You know, it's got a country vibe to it, but also has a little bit of a city feel. You know, my wife likes hopping on the freeway every once in a while. I don't know what it is. Apparently, when you live in D.C., you can't go anywhere without three or four interstates. I mean, it's just part of, the, part of life. So she likes the fact that, hey, every once in a while, we've got to hop on 20 or 77. Anyways, we fell in love with this area. Well, when do we start? How do we start? How do you get here? And then, of course, um, uh, I wanted my pastor to, to be in support and endorse what we were doing. And so this was a whole big process. I don't have time to tell you all the stories, but what I want to tell you is it took walking in the Spirit. It took walking in the Spirit, walking with God, not getting ahead of Him. That's what I said last week. Not getting ahead of Him, not getting, I don't want to be behind God. I don't want to be, I I want to be walking in the Spirit, walking with God. God, where are you leading me? Where are you taking me? How are we going from A to B? What's next? How many of you have an area of your life that you want to be better? It's okay to raise your hand because all of us should raise our hand. I have multiple. We have areas in our life that we want to get better. We want to improve. But what's the thing? What's the, the, the caveat? What's the issue that causes some people to have areas in their life that they want to improve and they actually get to improve and then other people don't? What makes the difference? What makes the difference? I believe wholeheartedly that walking in line, walking in tandem with the Spirit of God makes all the difference. And a big part of walking in line with the Spirit of God is your mind. I told you there's three parts of you. We talked about the Spirit. We talked about your flesh. But the middle part is what we call the soul. That's what we call the soul. And your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. It has three parts. Mind, will, and emotions. I want you to say all this with me so you kind of retain it in memory, and then I'm going to go on. Y'all ready? Say, I'm a spirit, I live in a body, I have a soul. My soul is my mind, my will, and my emotions. So the things you want to do, how you feel about the things you want to do, and how you think about the things you want to do, that's your soul. And so you have your spirit that's made new, that's, that, that, that your spirit, uh, Romans tells us that the spirit of God bears witness with your spirit. His spirit bears witness with your spirit. How does God lead you? How does he connect with you in your spirit? That's the God part of you. That's the God part of you. We're made in his image and likeness. That's the God part of you. But then you have your flesh that doesn't want to do these things. It's like, hey, um, this feels good. How many of y'all, be honest with me, how many of y'all thought about, maybe you shouldn't raise your hands. How many of y'all thought about just staying in bed this morning? Okay, all right, there we go. Okay, at least we got some honest good for y'all. Thank you for being honest. Praise God. I've asked that question before and everybody's all holy like, oh, not me. Mm-mm. I was up at, at 5 a.m. I was praying. No, you weren't. <laughs> no, but seriously, we have a flesh. But why did you get up? Why are you here? Because something on the inside of you says, no, I want to worship. I want to go. I want to go praise my God. I want to show my family that this is what we do. And your, your spirit man said that's what we Now, your mind is that middle part. It, it kind of casts the swing vote. And if your mind is not renewed with the word of God, 
if your mind is constantly falling in line with the world, with the customs of this world, with society, with your friends, whatever it may be, with, with the media, your mind is going to make it hard for your spirit to win. It'll make it very difficult. I want to talk to you today about walking in the spirit and renewing your mind. You know, you're stuck with only the things that you allow. The things that you allow in your life are the things that you're stuck with. And if we want to make changes in our life, you've got to make decisions and be purposeful about changing them. I think what happens far too often with believers is we, we, we start serving God and we start, um, um, we, we like have this expectation that all of a sudden just everything's going to change. Because you got saved, and on the inside, you felt that change. You felt that difference. You felt you lifted and illuminated, and, and like I said earlier, maybe even on fire. And you're like, man, this is awesome, and I want to serve God. And then you go, and you leave church, and you face whatever it is you face at home, at work, or whatever. And how do you overcome that? By walking in the Spirit. How do you walk in the Spirit? How do you renew your mind? What are you talking about? I said this last week, renewing the mind is simply removing or exchanging, not removing, but exchanging the thoughts that line up with the world for the thoughts that line up with the Word of God. That's what renewing the mind is. It's, it's I'm exchanging thoughts that line up with whatever, whatever's out there that's contrary to the Word of God. I'm exchanging those for thoughts that line up with Him, with God, with His Word. I say this often and I love it because if you, if you can catch this phrase and make this a part of your life, it'll make a difference. You control you. You can't control everybody else. You actually cannot control your spouse. Except for, Miss Connie always reminds me that she can. She's the, probably the only one that I know. No, but you, you, you can't. You can't control your boss. You can't control these things. But what you can control is how you respond how you live, how you go. When I say you, that first you, I'm talking about your spirit. It's a catchy phrase. I did that on purpose. You control you. But if I were to unpack it a little bit, I would say it this way. Your spirit controls your flesh. But how does, okay, wait. Now, really, though? Because sometimes it doesn't. Why does it not? Because your mind is not renewed. When your spirit is not in control of your flesh, it's because your mind is not lined up with the Word of God. It's because you've gotten off track. You've, 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 you've been infiltrated by the world, infiltrated by the media, infiltrated by friends, family, or whatever, and then you get stuck on something that doesn't line up with the Word of God. Periodically, I would have this happen. I would spend time maybe with friends, um, and this was early on. Uh, sometimes I wasn't even on staff at the church, but definitely through like the beginning of my days in ministry. And I'd come back from maybe going off to hang out with friends in college or Spending time with family members that uh, I'm not exactly sure, you know, how, how they're living. I know you probably think my family's all saved and whatever, but not everybody's family is. And I'd come back and Pastor Steve would say, I can tell you've been hanging out with some, some, somebody else. Or he would say, uh, you've got something on you. That's how he would word it sometimes. And I'm like, what are you talking about? But he could tell, because he's a spiritual man, he's a man of God, and he could tell there was something different in me. See, that's what a good pastor will do. Come on, somebody. You know, there's a lot of celebrity rock star pastors out there, and I'm sure all of us have them that we watch every once in a while or that we like to listen to. 
But a real pastor, the Bible says, is a shepherd. And it ta- I, I think that that's important that you, that you can see how I live. That you can see that I submit to a pastor. I'm not going to ask you to submit to a pastor if I can't. And to this day, I go, I see my pastor every week. He looks into this ministry. He looks into my life. He's not going to let things uh, happen to me or to this, this church because he looks in. That's what a good pastor does. And he would do that even at a young age. And he would say, what, what, you, what, what happened this week? Where you been? What you doing? I wasn't living in sin, y'all. I wasn't sinning. That's not what he was talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. But he could tell there was something different. My mind, instead of being renewed with the word of God, was being renewed with whatever we were around. I, I, I don't mean to keep asking questions like this, but uh, has anybody in here ever binge watched something on Netflix? I'm, I'm going to turn around and ask the screen. I don't want to see you raise your hands. No, but, but <laughs> I, I, okay, I'll confess, I have. All right, now listen, here's what happens. Y'all, have you done this, right? When you get done with that 13-episode marathon, it's not just because you're tired. Your brain is literally like in a, in a funk. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And maybe you, haven't, maybe you don't have Netflix or whatever, but you've done something like that where you've just been attached to the world and when you're done with it, you're like, it's just my mind is in a blah, right? How do you overcome that? The Bible tells us that we renew our mind with the Word of God. You know, the Word of God is living. It's alive. It's, it's not just words on a page. Part of why I wanted to have a real Bible today is because I wanted to show you that, yes, a, a lot of times I read out of an iPad or I read digital books or I read on the go because I have a busy lifestyle, and I want to make sure I read the Word wherever you can. Thank God for technology. But whether it's in the Bible, on a page, in a book, it's alive. Come on, somebody. Say, God's Word is alive. His Word is alive. And when you are talking about changing something in your life, you can't do it on your own. When I say you control you, if you really want to control yourself, if you really want to make a change in your life, if you really want to change your tomorrow and make it better than today, The spirit man on the inside of you has got to be so full of this, so alive with this, so built up with this. Like, you can be, uh, um, y'all ever seen uh, Macaulay Culkin? Remember him from Home Alone, the little scrawny kid? Okay, your spirit man can look like him or Arnold Schwarzenegger. Your spirit man can be scrawny and little, or your spirit man can be big and full and strong with the word of God. You make, the di- you make the difference. You know God will not read his word to you. Now the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, will remind you. He'll bring things to your remembrance. But he will not read the word to you. He will, he will not levitate. You know, the, the Wednesday morning when I was reading this, it did not levitate off the shelf, open to Psalms 91 and fall on my lap. And all of a sudden the page, you know, I, we say things like that. We say, oh, the page just lit up. Well, it actually didn't. What happened is my spirit lit up my spirit lit up my spirit lit up with oh my goodness his word is so oh my oh this is what i needed to hear and i began to my flesh was altered because my spirit man got something that my body needed it it changed from the inside out you cannot keep trying to change your circumstances from the outside in you're backwards you got to shift it you got to switch it you got to change it the spirit of god he, he designed us in a way. He said he made us in his image and likeness. You are a three-part being, 
And two parts of you, if they're full of the word, they're going to control, full of the world, they're going to control the other part of you, your spirit. But if your spirit man becomes the strongest part of you, the other ones will fall in line. They will. We must not believe all these things that, 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 that this is going to be magical and that all of a sudden things are going to change. We've got to walk in the spirit. We've got to have new thoughts, new beliefs, and new habits that come from renewing the mind. I told you to look at Galatians chapter 5. I want to start there. And it says this in verse 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit. Will y'all say that with me? Say, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Like I said, your flesh will lust. It will want to do things. How can you avoid it? How can you control it? By walking in the Spirit. It says in verse 17, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit. Big S. And the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary. Say that. Say that with me. Say contrary. They are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Who's wishing? Your spirit. You're not doing the things that you want to do because your flesh is the one in charge. But here he says, but if you are led, man, so good. If you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. You know, I've come to realize that if you're constantly hearing all these other things, it's hard to hear God. You've got to make space. You've got to make time. You've got to make moments. I do that. Sometimes I even pray. This might sound funny, but I even pray so much that God's like, hey, um, can you breathe for a second so I can talk to you? I mean, seriously. If you want to hear from God, you've got to make room. You've got to make space. You've got to allow for him. And where do you listen? You listen in here. You listen in here. Now, I always like to clarify this. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I believe in prophecy. I believe in tongues and interpretation. I believe in all those things. And they should be in operation in the church, and we will see them here in this place. I believe that, and that's how we operate. Now, when any of those things happen, let's say someone prophesied over you, it should line up with what's in your spirit. And it should line up with what's in the Word of God. That make sense? God leads us by His Word and by His Spirit. By his word and by his spirit. I'm going to go back to my story. When we were starting the church, I knew I had plenty of scripture to back up. God calls people. God calls men of God. He calls them to places. I had plenty of scripture on that. But I had no scripture that said 537 Clemson Road, Columbia, South Carolina. That was the walking part. That was the day by day saying, God, I thank you for the answer. I thank you for the direction. You know, you cannot steer a parked car. I started moving, not ahead of God, not behind him, not getting so far that I couldn't, couldn't, you know, go back. You know, I didn't go and lease a building right away because then I can't get out of it, right? No, I walked. I walked with my pastor. He was part of the process because I, I, I could see his track record. He's got a pretty good track record. I wanted him to be a part of, of the process. And obviously, we wanted to be a, a, a network of churches anyway, so that's how we were going to do things. But even if it wasn't, that's what I would want. And even if it was something other, you know, when the first house that I bought, I brought him to the house. This is before I got married. I said, Pastor, this is what I think. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I have in my spirit. What do you think? These are all good. This is wisdom. This is walking out in the spirit. Because you're not going to have, if you, if you go and look for the wind to blow a certain way, you know, God had to move that way in the Old Testament because they didn't have the spirit of God the way we do today. You have the spirit of God within you. He's, he's speaking to you. I think that he's speaking to you all the time. You've got to tune up and hear him. 
I want to encourage you to change your mode. Your phone, if you, I think all phones have this. I have an iPhone, so I know it does. Your phone has a light mode and a dark mode. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's really cool because it, if, if, um, if you use the dark mode at night, it's really easy on your eyes and things like that. It's really cool. You know, I encourage you to change your mode. You can be carnally minded, meaning that you walk in the flesh or you can walk in the spirit. Change your mode. Romans 8, 6 through 8 says this, for to be carnally minded is death. That means flesh minded, carnally minded. That's death, the Bible says. But to be spiritually minded, catch this, is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. We've got to walk in the spirit. Being spiritually minded is this. Having a renewed mind means, practically speaking, we possess the thoughts that line up with God's word. It's choosing to have principles, attitudes, and beliefs that are in agreement with the Word of God. Renewing the mind is not this. Catch this, very important. I got this a quote from a, a, a book by Casey Treat. Renewing the mind is not and never will be part of a transient wave. It's not mind over matter. It's not just thinking happy thoughts. And it's not the law of attraction. It's not even disciplining yourself to become aware of every negative thought and replace it with a positive one. It's not, in other words, it's not just about positive thoughts. It's about the Word of God and His thoughts. It's so much more powerful than that. Renewing the mind is exchanging the thoughts you have learned from the world for the life-changing thoughts of the One who created the universe. It's not just deciding to believe in whatever wind of doctrine happens to be popular at the time. Maybe I know we have a lot of that today. These are man-made principles and ultimately lifeless. Renewing the mind is choosing as truth the very Word of God, which is alive and powerful and making His Word our way of thinking. Hebrews 4.12 declares, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and is a discerner of thoughts. What does that all mean? Word of God is alive and working when you apply it. You know, let's say I didn't read on my iPad and my iPhone. What good is this doing if it just stays on the shelf? you got to apply it. I want to give you, as we wrap up, some qualities of a renewed mind. And we're going to wrap up with this, and we'll dive more into this later. Um, You know, I'm led by the Spirit every week. So unless God leads me otherwise, we'll probably pick up with this next Sunday. But like I said, I'm always led with what God wants me to speak on every Sunday. But for right now, I want to give you three qualities of a renewed mind. Number one, the renewed mind obeys the Spirit of God and the Spirit of the born-again man. In other words, your spirit. A renewed mind obeys God's Spirit and the Spirit of man. I encourage you, if you want to be led by the Spirit, practice it. What do I mean by that? Practice it. You know, like, like actually make a point of being led, being led by the Spirit even with small things. Don't wait until you're looking for a spouse And it's like the biggest decision you ever make in your life. And that's when you want to learn to to hear from God. No, how about like, like, uh, where am I, what, where am I going to college or, or, or what kind of job should I have next? Or what kind of car should I buy? Like, start with some other things. You know, you don't have to ask God about where to go to the bathroom. All right. I think that's pretty clear. We all got that one. All right. But like, you, you know, start with, start with decisions that matter to you and ask God, what do you want? Don't, 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 don't stay behind them. Don't not ask at all. 
Don't get out ahead of them. And, and the worst thing you can do is make a decision and then ask God, oh, I messed up. God, can you fix this? I know I didn't ask you before, but can you fix this? Now walk with God. Walk in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Once you've been born again, you have within you more than enough power. Come on, somebody. More than enough wisdom, more than enough perseverance to bring about the change and renewal that you desire. Nothing is impossible for you. Too many Christians are waiting for more, more of the Holy Spirit or more whatever. They're waiting. I, I, you know, I will always pray with somebody and I'm never opposed to that. But I can pray for you all you want, and there can be even like a, a I mean, a special Holy Ghost anointing that comes and, 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 and that'll, that'll, that'll work in the moment. But if you leave here and don't renew your mind and don't make it fall in line with the Word of God, then the spiritual part that we just prayed for is going to fall subject to the non spiritual part. You might have to make some changes around you, you might have to make some changes to some things, but it's all good. Because God will never ask you to do that if it doesn't benefit you. If you're saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have everything you need to renew your mind and change your circumstances. You know, I wrote this down. If you want to stop throwing things at your spouse, if you want to stop drinking, if you want to stop smoking, if you want to stop whatever it is, I can pray for you all I want. But if you go home and stop walking in the Spirit, the fresh anointing of my prayer was momentary. You have everything you need. Don't delay. Start renewing your mind today. Number two, the renewed mind is aligned with the Word of God. I've already kind of hit on this a little bit, so I'm going to go through this point quick and get to point number three. But your renewed mind should be aligned with the Word of God. Our beliefs are based on the Bible, not society, not the media, the Bible. We are not swayed by what is popular. We are not swayed by what is politically correct. I'm not changed by what other people are doing, what they think, and what they tell me. Again, when I, when I, I get advice. I love getting advice. I'm, I've actually kind of become, I used to be real cocky. Everybody's like, no, not you. Yep. I used to be, and I, would, I just wouldn't ask for advice. Anybody else? Am I the only one? Just, I don't need advice. I got this. I got this. But I've learned that I need to ask for advice. But even when I do, the Bible says, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. So I get knowledge. I get advice. I look up stuff. Anybody love looking up YouTube videos? I love looking up YouTube videos. But you know, I've done that and had the Spirit of God say, don't do that one. I'm serious. Don't do that one. There's a different one. That's the wrong dishwasher. That's the wrong cable. That's the wrong thing. And you know, as you go through life, if you walk in the Spirit and you make moments and you learn to listen on the inside, God will make a difference in your life. Hebrews 4.12, we already quoted that. The Word of God is living and powerful. God's Word says you are able. So my attitude lines up with His. I will not... I I would write this down if I were you. I will not make excuses for my mistakes. I will take accountability and fix it. Number three, the renewed mind enables us to live in God's will. And of course, we know that his will is success in life. God wants you to be successful. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. This is our last point. 
Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does the renewing of your mind do? It transforms you. That word we talked about last week, transform, that word is the root word metamorpho. It means metamorphosis. It means complete change. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God has a plan for you. He has, a, he has stuff in store for you that's so much better than what you want. And if you'll walk in line with him, I know you're worried about today. I know you are. I know you're worried about the problem you face today. I know you're worried about the mistake you made yesterday, and now you're looking and you've got this issue on your lap. But if you really want to get out of it, stop trying to fix it yourself and turn to the one who has all the answers. Turn to the one who has all the solutions, who can fix everything. Jesus walked around this earth. He walked around. The Bible says he went around doing good and healing all those who were sick and oppressed of the devil. That's who Jesus was. He walked on this earth and had a few years of ministry to show us how good he is. He never walked around and put bad things on people. Show it to me. He didn't. No, he went around and said, I'll help you with that. I'll fix you with that. He, he said numerous times, daughter or son, it's your faith that's made you whole. Their sickness, their disease, their situation. He went around preach, preaching and building their faith up. That's what Jesus still does today. And he does it. He said, it's better that I leave because if I leave, the Spirit of God will come. The Bible, he actually called him the helper. You have a helper on the inside of you. We all want to hear, well done, when we get to heaven. We all want to hear, well done. There's no amount of money, sex, or earthly gain that can fulfill us on the inside like the pleasure of our Father. It is only through a mind that is being renewed to His Word. Brother Andres, you come up, I'm going to... I want to I just say one more thing. Isaiah 55 is a verse that gets quoted often, and I think it kind of gets misquoted. And I wanted to just kind of say this because I feel like it's important in this line of messages that God's put on my heart. In Isaiah 55, have you ever heard the phrase that says, you know, God's ways are higher than your ways? God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts? I thought I would read through the whole thing. And it says this in the New King James Version, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. But if we read this from the message translation, it says this, starting in verse 7. Let the wicked abandon their way of life, and the evil their way of thinking. So the first thing you notice is that there's a renewing of the mind that's happening. That he's saying, you've got to take the evil and the wrongdoing and exchange it for the word of God. Let them come back to God who is merciful. Come back to our God who is lavish with forgiveness. And then here is God's decree. I don't think the way you think. The way you work is not the way that I work. You know, I think that sometimes that's used as an as a explanation for like things that we don't understand. And that's fine, but, but what God is saying is that Not that I'm trying to do things you don't understand, but that my thoughts and the way I work is better than yours. It's better than your way. And that if you'll lean on me, 
If you'll turn to me, if you'll come to me, if you'll run to that secret place, come on somebody, if you'll run to that secret place, if you'll make your dwelling place in my, in, in my presence, then I'll make all these other things all right. I'll work on your behalf. I'll lead you into greener pastures. I'll put you beside still waters. I'll make sure that you've always got food on your plate. I'll set a table before your enemies. It doesn't matter who comes against you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I am for you and not against you. And that's the God that we serve. Stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet. I tell you, I'm just excited to see and hear the testimonies of your lives as as we continue to walk in the Spirit. Say it one more time. Say, I'm going to walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Make a decision that I'm going to choose to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God. I'm going to renew my mind. That's essentially what it is. Walking in the Spirit is being led, listening on the inside, being led by the Spirit and renewing your mind with his word do it give your best shot you know don't get frustrated if day two or three you end up making bad decisions well well, did you do better than you did last week then keep going then keep going then keep going then keep going do not stop progressing towards i love i love another scripture that that just it helps me the bible says that until christ be formed in you you know there's a forming in you it's not instantaneous Jesus made, God made your spirit new, but Jesus is forming you. He's molding you. He's helping you. He'll put his finger on things and say, hey, we need to work on this. We need to change this. When he does, and you obey that, when you work with that, when you walk in that, it's so much better. His ways are better than your ways. His thoughts are better. Replace your thoughts with his. But I just can't, I can't control my mind. Yes, you can. The Bible wasn't told you to. To do it if if you can't do it. God wouldn't tell you to do something you can't do. He says, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That means you can change. Just lift your hands and give God some praise. Will you do it? God, we just thank you. We praise you this evening, this morning, for everything that you've spoken to us. With everybody standing, I want to just give an opportunity for someone who may need to make things right with God. You know, there are two types of people that come to a service like this. There's a type of person that has never known Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, which means as the number one in your life, that you're not serving the world, you're serving God. You're serving his word, you're you're serving after him, you're listening to him, just like I was talking about today. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you're watching online and that's you, you've never done that before. Or maybe you have and you need to make things right. You need to recommit your life. You need to rededicate your life. And that's okay. God's waiting with open arms. He's welcoming you back in. He's for you and not against you. He's happy to have you come back home, to welcome you back into his family. If you're either one of those two types of people, I want to pray with you today. I want to pray with you today. I want to to, uh, um, help you today. And so I'm not going to embarrass you and make you come forward. What I want to do is we're going to all pray together. But if that is you, I'd like to know so that I can contact you later or maybe talk to you after the service. So here's what I'd like to do with every head bowed, every eye closed. If that is you and you'd like to make that decision today, will you just shoot your hand up high so I can see it? Or at least enough that I can see it? 
I just want to know so that I can pray with you, that I can walk with you, that I can maybe get some material into your hands and help you. If that's you, raise your hand. I know there's many of you that are watching online as well. And so I, I've seen who's raised their hand and I want to op- offer the opportunity and I see you. And then I, I want to offer the opportunity for you to say that prayer right now. Online and in the room, say this out loud with me. Will you do that out loud? Say it, everybody. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I believe that he came to this earth as a baby. He lived as a man and he died on the cross for me. I believe he was buried in a grave and he rose from that grave. He's alive today, seated in heaven with you. I declare and I confess Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. I make him my number one. I turn from my past and turn towards you. I give my life to you. I open up my heart and I ask you to come in. I thank you for forgiving me of all my sins and all my unrighteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. We all just give God a praise and, and, and give it up for those that made that decision. And,